Good morning, and welcome to the Sunday morning broadcast of the Marvin and I Methodist Church Sanctuary Service here in downtown Tyler. My name is Doug Baker, and I'm the senior pastor of this faith community. My prayer for you will be that this morning's message will bless you and encourage you to become the person that Christ has called you to be through Him. Again, welcome. Here's today's message. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Well, good morning again, and a special welcome to all of you visiting with us, as well as to those who are watching on CBS 19 television and through our live streaming on Facebook and on YouTube. We're all so glad, again, that you're here. In his book, I Like Giving, author Brad Formsma tells the story of Tracy, a single mom to a three-year-old and eight months pregnant, away from home, living in the lower end of town, surviving on food stamps and welfare. It was Thanksgiving Day, and Tracy was staring at the mostly empty pantry shelf, trying to decide which can of vegetable soup to have for supper. Then came a knock at the door. And on the other side was a delivery man from a local restaurant. And inside the bag that he left was a complete turkey dinner with all of the trimmings. The man said that the gift was from an anonymous donor. And before Tracy could ask another question, he was gone. Overwhelmed by this act of kindness, Tracy couldn't help but spend the rest of the evening crying out tears of joy. Over the course of the next week, she began a quest to find out who had sent this meal. She called her parents, she called her circle of friends, but no one, no one would acknowledge responsibility. Years went by and Tracy still had no idea from whom the mysterious Thanksgiving dinner had come. But in the meanwhile, she had moved out of that apartment, had taken a position as a nurse at a local hospital. Seven years after having received that special dinner, a woman named Margo was admitted to Tracy's care at the hospital. Margo had multiple sclerosis and her condition was critical and getting worse. Tracy then remembered Margo back from her time on welfare. Margo had lived in that same rundown apartment as had Tracy. And then, Three days before her death, 
Margot took Tracy's hands in hers and in a frail voice whispered two words, Happy Thanksgiving. Tracy would have never imagined that Margot, the unassuming neighbor with MS, that Margot was behind that generous gift. On that Thanksgiving day, seven years prior, Margot had seen Tracy, she had seen her situation, and she did something extraordinary. She gave the perfect gift without anybody asking her to and without asking for anything in return. And with that, one gift would go to have a massive impact on Tracy's life, molding her heart to do generous things for others. One new year, Tracy and her new husband resolved to find 100 opportunities to give to other people that year. What a difference one gift made out of poverty could impact the world. Chances are you've seen a number of signs throughout the church this morning, even on the elevators. Signs like giving changes you or do something generous because you just want to. This morning we began a three-week sermon series entitled, I Like Giving. And today let's explore how giving connects us with God. But first, will you join me in prayer? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We start this morning with the supposition that our generosity brings us joy. And hence the sermon title, I Like Giving. We talk a lot about giving, but what exactly do we mean? From the website dictionary.com, giving is defined as to present voluntarily something of value without any expectation of receiving anything in return. When we give, we let loose of something dear to us with no strings attached. Yet there are some in this world who give something with the expectation of receiving something back in return. And that theology of giving in order to receive is at best taking biblical teaching out of context or at worst, total heresy. In his letter to the church at Ephesus, the apostle Paul wrote, for we are all God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Hear this story from author Simon Tugwell in his book, Prayer. One afternoon, as Jesus was quietly watching from behind the scenes, people were coming and going and dropping their collections in the temple money box. Some of them were making quite a, a spectacle of themselves, no doubt that everyone in the general vicinity might see how much money they had given. But there, there among all of the hubbub was a small elderly lady, rather shabbily dressed, who quietly slipped her two pence half penny into the box while nobody was looking. Nobody 
except Jesus. And as the Lord looked on, he was terribly excited and exclaimed to himself, she has put in more than all the rest combined. Now, from this small elderly lady's perspective, her action was anything but spectacular. Nothing could be further from her mind. She didn't want to draw attention to herself because she knew that what she was giving was not worth all that much. It was not going to repair the temple roof. It was not going to get them a new organ or even pay for the Boy Scouts annual outing. And she could just imagine that the temple money counting community might even think it was a nuisance to have to count all that small change put into the money box by people like her. But the truth was she had put in all that she had, knowing that it was not that much, knowing that she was not going to solve anyone's problems. And that day, surely, the Lord recognized her as a kindred spirit. She was doing the same thing that he was doing. He was not solving the world's problems in any sense that the world understood. He was not reforming society or abolishing poverty. He was not doing any of the things that some modern Christians think he should have been doing. After all, many people considered him a nuisance as well. But he was giving of himself. He was giving all that he had. He was giving his very life. You can find this story in the 12th chapter of Mark's gospel. And no question to ask, this small elderly lady's giving surely connected her with God. So just why is giving to the church so important? Why should we give to the church after all? Author Mary Fairchild on her online blog suggests this. God desires that we give to the church because in doing so, we demonstrate our recognition that he truly is the Lord of our lives. From James, the half-brother of Jesus, every good and perfect gift from above comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. No matter how much we struggle with the thought, everything that we own and everything that we have comes from God. And so when we give, we are simply offering back a small portion of what he has already given to us. Giving is also an expression of our thankfulness and praise to God. This morning, Marvin member Kenny Cotton is with us, and I'm going to ask Kenny if you would come up now. I just want to share a bit of your testimony. I'm going to let you stand right here and get right up in front of the microphone. So, Kenny, tell us what brought you to Marvin Church. Well, good morning. I, I want to say, uh, first of all, uh, this is the most uh, amazing worship service in all of Tyler, this 11 o'clock service. We have just a tremendous choir. Amen. It's Amen. great to be here. Um, I'm not from Tyler. My wife's not from Tyler, but uh, we moved here just as fast as we could possibly get here. 
this has just been a tremendous church and uh, community. I was transferred here uh, with my job. I'm in the medical business. However, as the years go by, I truly believe that I was sent here to be uh, a member of this church. Well, can you tell us about your family? I have two boys, uh, five and seven. They're probably the loudest in the church. Uh, they look just like me. They're very easy to see. And Stacy's my wife. Uh, actually, today is her birthday. Um, she's, I won't say how old she is, but, she, but uh, it's her birthday today. And uh, so we're truly blessed. And uh, we both enjoy being involved in the church. Well, tell us, as far as uh, church life goes, how have you all found yourself getting plugged in here at Marvin Church? Well, I serve on the uh, administrative council, and um, we're in the faith Sunday school class. I also uh, volunteer Sunday nights with the, with the youth program, and she serves on the uh, student ministry team. And, and if you were at the Eternal Flame dinner this past August, you may well have had one of the best steaks. I know I did. One of the best steaks I ever had, and this guy was the cook. So it was amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, Tani, well, time to get serious. Why do you give to Marvin Church? Well, uh, Stacy and I always thought that, uh, you know, we needed to give not only with our tithes and offerings, but also our time. So how, how we decided to do that is we fill out our pledge card at the early part of the year, and that also gives the church an opportunity to do their budget as well. Um, so the more of us that do that, they could accurately put together their budget. Uh, but on top of that, you know, there's other uh, programs that we like to donate to, like the children's third floor. It's an amazing pro project. Um, you know, obviously there's the beautiful organ that's gonna be here se several years down the road. There's always something that we can give to, and um, it's gonna take us all to get where we wanna go. But uh, that's, that's how we do it. We budget monthly, and then anything, uh, any other project we look at stepping in and helping on that as well. Well, perhaps most important, how does what you give impact the rest of your life? Well, I tell you what, it's, you know, the old saying is it's uh, better to give than receive. And uh, the blessings that have poured into our lives um, by giving has just been incredible. I, you know, to, to see these kids' faces when, you, when you're working with them in children's ministry or you come into the youth, they are on fire for Jesus. Uh, coming out of COVID, we're stronger than we ever have been, and we're just now getting started. And you look around, the church is filling up. I mean, this, this place is in a, just an amazing, amazing uh, time and place with, uh, with the Lord Jesus helping us. And um, we, we couldn't be more happy and more pleased where we are. Okay, well, thanks so much for your testimony. Oh, thanks yeah. so much for supporting Marvin Church. Let's give him a hand. You wouldn't know it, but I'm just a little less tall than him. So what does the Bible say about giving? Most of us have heard or read that God instructed Old Testament believers to, to give a tithe or a, a tenth of, of their first fruits, that which was most important to them. In the New Testament, there's not a specific percentage of giving. The scriptures simply say that each is to give in keeping with his or her income. And so we give to the church because we are connected to God. From whom, as the kids sung, from whom all blessings flow. And we give because he himself commanded us to do so.
Over the last several years, my wife Laura and I have facilitated a course here at Marvin called Financial Peace University. And in his new book, The Legacy Journey, author and founder of Financial Peace University, Dave Ramsey, tells us that there's only one way to heal a selfish and greedy spirit, and that is through generosity. Dave says, giving is an antidote for selfishness. It's the hallmark character of those who desire to win with their money. And one of generosity's biggest payoffs is something that you might never expect, contentment. Givers are content because they know that their stuff won't make them happy. They recognize that they have enough for themselves and they also have enough to share with others. And in this chaotic, gotta have it world, genuine peace and contentment shine like a lighthouse. And Dave continues, he says, contentment is not a destination. It is all about the journey. It's your attitude and your spirit while walking through life. Can you own good stuff, great stuff? Sure, but contentment allows you to own nice stuff and not allow nice stuff to own you. For people of faith, contentment and generosity acknowledge God's ownership and reflect his nature as a giver. And the alternative, as Dave tells us, is an ugly and unfulfilling attitude. And he says, people who are greedy stunt their creativity and their zest for life. Their energy levels go down because they're all about holding on to stuff rather than having an openness to generosity. And that's why David, Dave closes every Financial Peace University video with these words. If you live now, like nobody else, you can later live and give like nobody else. God can and will use your giving to change the world, and that's great. But the first life that giving will change will be your own. Words of wisdom to live by from Dave Ramsey. Now, with all of that said and done, just how does our giving draw us closer to God. Recalling our sermon text that I read earlier this morning, Paul reminds us that whomever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your hearts to give, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. When we give, we have no expectation of receiving anything in return, anything except that we have honored God and we have sought through our generosity to help someone in need. Not unlike Margot helping out Tracy when she was near without food on that Thanksgiving some seven years prior. And so Marvin family, I would suggest to you that by giving of ourselves to others and to the church, we do in fact draw closer to God, having fulfilled his commandment to love others as we love ourselves. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. 
good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, that amount will be put into your lap. And for the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. God in his infinite wisdom loves to see his children generous to one another. For God loves a cheerful giver. We give to God in obedience. We give to God in faith. We give to God in trust. And we give to God seeking to make this world a better place. It's been a few years back since I shared with you a story about our then new family having made a, a substantial pledge to our former church, only to have that pledge turn itself into a tithe as a result of the loss of a dream job and the substantial reduction of income that all happened in the same year. And you may remember the story of how I tried to weasel out of making that pledge only to have my bride gently remind me that we had made a commitment to God and that we weren't going to break that commitment just because times had gotten hard. And as hard a time as that was some 25 years ago, Laura and I can look back at those events with joy as such were the impetus that moved us to a habit of tithing to a place where we now feel closer to God. We were able to move to a place where having less was better than having more. And if nothing else, I pray this morning that you begin to have a conversation with God as to how that might look for you. The opportunity of allowing giving to help you be better connected with God. Will you join me in prayer? Almighty God, you who created us and you who called us, pour out your Holy Spirit upon each of us this day as we pray, Lord, that through that outpouring that we might be wise and faithful stewards of the precious gifts you have allowed to come into our lives. Lord, we pray this in the precious and holy name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
I'd like to leave you with these words of encouragement. God loves you and wants to be in a relationship with you. Together, we can change the world. Please contact me at marvinumc.com or join us in person for worship. May God bless you. <laughs>